Good morning. I've got to come down and get my Bible from my wife. I set it back here and should have took it on stage with me. Thank you. Psalm chapter 103. I could just preach from down here. Wouldn't that be different? Y'all wouldn't know what to do with yourselves if I preach from the bottom. Psalm 103. When you find the 103rd Psalm, if you would stand to honor the reading of God's Word. Appreciate uh, the, the band or the, the musicians or whatever you want to call them allowing me to fill in this morning. I believe that uh, Anthony is in Dover, Tennessee right now. So pray for his safe travels. I don't know where that is, but it sounds remote. So it uh, sounds like it's way on out there. So just pray for him. And uh, hadn't played drums in a long time, and I hope I didn't mess Cecil up too bad. He didn't give me any dirty looks this time. So I said this time, right in practice this morning, Cecil was giving me the stink eye. I don't want you all to know that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Psalm 103. If you're there, will you please say Amen. We're going to read the first five verses. The Bible says this, David, a psalm of David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Again, David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and then he says, And forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5 says, Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. And then in the last two verses of the chapter, verses 21 and 22, I'm, I'm not going to preach from these, but I will read these verses. He says, Bless ye the Lord, all ye his host, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Then he says, Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of His dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's pray. Father, we love You. God, we thank You for Your many blessings. God, I thank You for allowing me to be in Your house this morning. God, I thank You for the good spirit that we've felt this morning. God, I thank You, Lord, that Your Holy Spirit does come and it does dwell among men. And the Lord, that every blood-bought believer this morning has the Holy Spirit indwelling them. God, what a, a wonderful thing that that is. And God, I just pray that this morning, Lord, that that same Holy Spirit, God, would help me to preach this morning. God, that you would just use me as your vessel. God, touch me because, Lord, I know that I'm absolutely unworthy to stand behind a pulpit. God, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would do the preaching. God, I just pray that your name would be glorified through your word this morning. God, I pray that you would give me clarity of mind, clarity of speech to preach the word as you would have me to. Nothing more, nothing less. God, we praise you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody says amen. You may be seated. I love the book of Psalms, don't you? It's probably, one, probably my favorite Old Testament book. I like to read it. And David, David's a unique individual. Everybody in, the, in, in here probably at least should know a little bit about David. The guy that wrote this psalm, we know, is the guy that, that slew Goliath with God's help. And, but David's life, if I could compare it to anything, David's life, I would say, as evidenced by the book of Psalms, well, you could liken it into a roller coaster, couldn't you? One minute, David's doing well and everything's going great and he's way up here on the mountaintop and, and he's just praising the Lord and everything's going well and then all of a sudden something happens and without any warning whatsoever, it just seems like the bottom falls out of everything for David. And, and however, how, however high he was up here on this mountain, then the roller coaster takes that, crests that hill and just goes straight back down the other side and David's whole life is, is sort of like a roller coaster, just up and down and making some twists and turns and and we know that David is, is, is a very 
a unique individual in that he said the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. See, David was a man that was very close to God. We know that David committed sin. We know that David did some things he shouldn't have. Uh, but, but in spite of all that, God said that David is a man after my own heart. That, that David loved him, even though David had his ups and his downs, that God's hand was still on him. David spends a lot of time in the book of Psalms doing two things. One of those things is asking God to forgive him of sin. David spends quite a bit of time just saying, hey, God, forgive me. And the other thing that David spends a lot of time doing is, is asking God to basically just defeat his enemies for him. Now, I want you to understand this, that David, that great man of God who, who had all these things going for him and who was God's man, who God anointed king of Israel and who God blessed, he had a whole lot of enemies, didn't he, Tanner? A whole lot of people wanted David gone. A whole lot of people in David's kingdom wanted David to be out, including his own sons. At one point, we know that Absalom and his sons, they turned against him. And so David is constantly having to cry out to God and say, God, please defeat my enemies because I can't do it. God, my enemies, they're all the way around me. He said, they're just encompassing me. And, and so many times we see that, that David's enemies had the advantage of him, that David could have been taken out so many times, and yet God protected him. God's hand was upon him. And God said, no, this is my servant. I'm well pleased in him, and I'm going to keep my hatch of protection around him. So we get to Psalm chapter 103. And this psalm, is, if you read anything that, uh, by anybody you're a lot smarter than I am, they will tell you that this is called an envelope psalm. What that means is, is that everything in this psalm is enveloped or encompassed between the words, Bless the Lord. You see in verse number 1, I read it to you, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then you go to verse number 22, and again, David says, Bless the Lord. So David begins and ends Psalm chapter number 103 in the same fashion, saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now for many years I was confounded by exactly how we can bless the Lord. You ever thought about that? You ever, you ever question that and say, Well, God sure does bless me, doesn't He? But how do I bless the Lord? There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that I can give. There's no amount of money I can pay that God says, I'll tell you what, I was sure blessed by that. How do you do that? And, and so I got to studying that, and I got to, I got to reading that out a while back. And, and basically, what David says here is, is we think of a blessing as something that's going up, right? That, that blessings lift up, that blessings make things, you know, they lift up and they, they make things better. But the word blessing... When David wrote this down, I want you to notice the context that it's in. It doesn't just say, bless the Lord. He goes on to say, and, and the, there's a comma, and then it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. It doesn't say, bless the Lord, O my body, and what I can do, and how I can bless the Lord with what I can give, or what I can do. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he goes on to say, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. That word bless there comes with the idea of humility. Now I know that sounds odd, I know that sounds strange, but I guess when they interpreted that, they, they interpreted that word from the Hebrew into the word bless. But what David is saying in this psalm is he says, God, he says, I'm getting humble before you. See, that word Lord there, bless the Lord, that's not just any word either. We, we see the word Lord all throughout the Bible, and if we're not careful, we, we kind of just overlook that word Lord, don't we? But we know God is called Lord. We know Jesus is called Lord. We know several times in the Bible that the, the word Lord is mentioned. 
But David uses God's proper name. David doesn't just say Lord as somebody that's up over him. David doesn't just say Lord as, as he's some supervisor or sitting way up in the sky. No, David gets personal and he uses God's first name there. Do you know what God's name is? Jehovah. Jehovah. He's Jehovah God, he, and, and there's so many facets of that. There's such a description, but when, when God was talking to Moses in the burning bush, He said, you call me Jehovah. He said, I am your Jehovah God. So David says in the first verse there, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's saying, God, he says, I just want to humble myself down in front of you. He said, and I want to bless you. I want to worship you. I want to praise you. David takes a time out from complaining about his enemies, from asking forgiveness and all of these things. And he says, God, I just want to take a minute. I want to humble myself and I just want to praise you. God, I just want to lift you up. I want to exalt you. I want to put you in your proper place in my life, which is high and lifted up. David says, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And then he goes on to say, in all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. And that's the message in itself. But this morning he goes on to say this. He didn't just stop there. He could have stopped, but... He says in verse number 2, after he says in verse 1, he repeats the same statement. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And forget not all his benefits. I can imagine that maybe David is sitting, maybe he's on his throne, maybe he's, he's in his bedroom, wherever he is, David's alone. And some of the best times with God, I will tell you, will not be spent in a church sanctuary. Now some of you may be scratching your head and saying, what are you talking about? We're at church right now, we're having a good time. Amen, are we having a good time? The singing was good, the preaching was mediocre, but we're having a good time, right? But I'll tell you this, if you really want to have a good time with God, it, the closest times I have ever been to God in my life were not spent in a church sanctuary. It wasn't that I was at the altar, and don't, don't get me wrong, I get close to God, I like to go to the altar and, and pour out my heart, and, and I like to worship in the songs, but some of the best times I've ever spent with God is when I just go in a room somewhere by myself, and I lock, I lock everything in the world out, and I spend some time clearing my mind, I spend some time you know, getting everything out of my life that don't need to be there, and just getting down to business with God. I heard a very wise preacher one time. His name's Dr. Joe Arthur, and he's fireball, isn't he, Cecil? But, but he's, a, he's a good preacher. But he said this. He said, if you really, he said, if you're having trouble getting in touch with God, here's what you do. He said, here's, here's what you do. And I, I, I picked up, and I said, well, sometimes I have trouble, so what do I do, Joe? He says, you go in a room, and you shut the door, and then you get a towel, and you roll it up, and you stick it under the door. He said, and then you hang a, a blanket over the windows. He said, and you black that room out just as dark as you can get it. And I thought, where in the world is he going with this? And he said, then you get in the middle of the room, and you get down on your hands and knees, you get down on your knees, and you put your hands up in there, and you just say, praise the Lord. You just say, bless the Lord. You say, hallelujah. He said, and you do that. He said, and eventually, he said, if your heart is right with God, and if you're a Christian, and you're doing that, and you're humbling yourself before God, and putting Him where He is due to be exalted in your life, then God will show up, and God will bless you. 
And I believe David was in one of those situations. He might not have had the, the curtains pulled or whatever, but, but David was sitting there and he says, Bless the Lord. See, that's, that's a term of worship. That's a term of praise. David is saying, I want to lift God up this morning with all that is within me. Bless His holy name. And then David stops and he says, well, Wait a minute. I don't need to forget about His benefits either. I like benefits, don't you? Anybody have a job that has good benefits? Somebody raise your hand if you got a job with good benefits. Some of you, Tanner says, ah, you know, I, I got okay benefits. Though, you know, some people, I've heard people say that they just work for the benefits. Have you ever heard anybody say that? You know, I'm just working for the benefits. I don't need the paycheck. And I thought, <laughs> I need to hang out with you more if you don't need the paycheck. But anyways, and David is sitting there and he says, forget not the benefits of God. If you're ever down and out, if you're ever in a bad situation like David spent a lot of time in, David was, David was in bad sort a lot of times. And then he stopped and he said, but wait a minute. God has done so much for me. Now we think about that in the context of God's given us you know, a, a good family and, and, and good things and, and houses and all that. And that, that's all good and well. But if you read the context of this psalm, David says this. I alluded to it just a few minutes ago. He said, bless the Lord. And then who's he saying is blessing the Lord? His soul. David says, bless the Lord, O my soul. He doesn't say that God's always going to give us blessings physically and he will go I'd say right here in, in Cookville Tennessee this morning we're a blessed bunch of people but it's not about what God gives you materially it's not what God gives you monetarily sometimes God just blesses your soul doesn't he he says, forget not all his benefits. We think about the benefits of God as, as all these wonderful things that he gives us. But hold on a minute. God gives our soul benefits sometimes, doesn't he? Because really, why, why are we more worried about the soul than we are the body? Because one of these days the body's going to be gone. The body's going to decay. Everything else is going to be gone. And you know what's going to be left over? The soul. That's what is important this morning is your soul. If you're a Christian, your soul is still important this morning. Just because God saved you doesn't mean, well, it's okay, we're just going to move on. God is still concerned about your soul, the well-being of your soul, how everything's going with your soul. If you're lost this morning, God is concerned with your soul. He's not so much concerned with, with your physical body. Now, he, he'll, he'll get concerned about it. He'll sanctify you. He'll want to take the sin away. But at the end of the day, God deals with souls more than he does physical bodies any day. And I want you to understand that, that, that we put a lot of stock in, in our body. We put a lot of stock in, our, in, in the things around us. But really, we need to stop for a minute and just say, God, with my soul, I bless your name. And he said, I don't want to forget the benefits that God gives us. Well, what kind of benefits does God give us? I like lists in the Bible, don't you, Tanner? I like it when God just lays it out there for me. And David did. I, I, I think David might have just got out a pen and paper. And he said, you know what? He got his pen out and he wrote it down. He started writing down what God did for him. What God has done for his soul. And the first thing that he says this, he says, verse number 3, he says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. 
He said that the first benefit that God gives your soul before anything else is that God is willing to forgive your iniquities. Now I want you to understand this, that at this point in David's worship and at this point in this sermon, you should understand that we serve a thrice holy God. Do you agree with that? That God is absolutely holy, that, that there is no darkness, there is no wrongdoing, and that God is perfect in every single facet, that God is, is absolutely holy. And then on the flip side of that, however holy God is, if you look at us, that's about as, exactly how unholy we are sometimes. Say amen right there. People don't want to agree with that sometimes, do they? But it's the truth. And David said, now God, he said, my soul is blessing you right now because you forgave my iniquities. What is iniquity? Well, that's, that's easy. It's just sin. That God forgave us of our sins. That amazes me. I think about the person that I used to be. I think about some of the things that I used to do. And the places where I've been before. And I think, you know, God knew I was there. You can, you, I want you to think about that. Some of you are going to clam up on me. But think about that in the context of your own life. Think about some of the places that you've been that, that you're ashamed of. Some of the things that you've done in your life that you really wish that you hadn't done. You can think of them. You know, it's not even necessarily being in the wrong place. It's just saying the wrong things to people. All that sin that built up in, in all your life and it's not that when you confess your sins, that's the first time God ever heard that. When you get down, let, let's just say for an, for an example, if you get down on the altar and you ask God to save you and you say, God, forgive me because I was a thief. And you get down there and you say, God, I was a thief. And God knew you were a thief because, you know, God was there when you stole what you stole. God was there when you committed the crime. God was there when you did whatever that you did. Not only, did, you know, it's hard to forgive people sometimes when we're not there. You just hear about what somebody does and, and it's hard to forgive them. But God was right there watching you commit those iniquities, watching you blaspheme against Him, whatever the situation was. And God said, I will forgive you of that. What a benefit that is. You don't get benefits like that in this world, do you? It's hard to get people to forgive each other, isn't it? It really is. I'm just being real with you this morning that, that if, if this morning if Tanner wronged me and, and, and I said, Tanner, please forgive me or I forgive you or whatever, sometimes he might say, well, I, you know, I'll think about it. But God says, I was there and even some of the sins were against me. You know, those first few commandments against God, taking his name in vain and and, and all these things that God said not to do and all those sins that were against him and God said you know what he said I'm going to wipe that soul clean I'm going to make it as a new soul he said I'm going to clean you up he said I'm going to forgive all your iniquities the word forgiveness in the Old Testament and in, in parts and different ways it's used in the New Testament it carries this idea that when somebody in the Old Testament said that something was forgiven that, that that sin or that debt was taken from some from you and it was put on somebody else. Now what's that a picture of? David didn't know that Jesus was coming to die for our sins. 
But David said in Psalm chapter 103, hundreds of years before Christ came, he says that there's one that's willing to forgive you. One that's willing to take all those iniquities that you have committed and just say, forgiven. I forgive you. That's a benefit of the soul, isn't it? Can you say, praise the Lord? Put your hands in there for just a minute and say, praise the Lord for forgiving me of my sins. Praise the Lord. What a benefit. Bless the Lord. And then it goes on to say, and David kind of stays with the same thought, but he changes it just a little bit. He says, he says who forgiveth all mine iniquities? And then he said, who healeth my diseases? Now on the surface you read that and you think, well, I've got a disease. And God, it's about time you heal it. Your, your word said that, Psalm 103. Well, I'm, I'm claiming your promise. You said you would heal my disease. But what are we talking about here? We're talking about the soul. Now I believe absolutely that God has all power to heal everything, don't you? If, if you have a problem tomorrow, if you go to the doctor and you get bad news, God can say, be gone and it's out of here. I, have, I believe that with all my heart. But David, that's not what he's referring to in this psalm. David is referring to the diseases of the soul. David is looking at the soul and he said, not only did you forgive me of my iniquities, he says, but then you healeth my diseases. What are the diseases of the soul? I wrote a few of them down. One of the, the diseases of the soul is, is guilt, fear. Doubt, depression, anger, lust, hate, jealousy, spite, and greed. And God said that I'll heal you of those things. I think of, of the book of Luke when Jesus is walking along. We're talking about healing our diseases. Stay with me. And Jesus is walking along and, and a little man is up in a tree and his name is Zacchaeus. You all know the hymn, right? And Zacchaeus is in that tree, and we all know the story that Jesus looks up, and what's he say? He says, Zacchaeus, he calls him by name. He says, come down. He says, for I must abide at your house today. And so I believe that, that Jesus went and he forgave Zacchaeus of his iniquities. Don't you? You believe that this morning? There's that picture right there. That, that Jesus Christ, the, the Holy Son of God, looked at Zacchaeus and said, your sins are forgiven you. But then... Jesus went a step further. God went a step further in the life of Zacchaeus. You know what Zacchaeus had in his heart? He had greed. He was a greedy little man. You know, you know those people that they're, 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 they love their money. I hope nobody in here loves their money because it's just money. It can go away like that. But Zacchaeus got his disease healed. You know how I know that? Because he told Jesus, he said, that if anybody, if I owe anybody anything, and, and he had to swallow his pride and say, he said, I'm going to repay them. God healed his soul of that disease. And I think about things in my life that when God saved me, there were still those things, there were those, those ugly spots, there were those things that, that, that God had to take away from me. And you can probably think of things in your life that God has, has healed you from that you couldn't have done it yourself, that you weren't strong enough to do away with yourself. And God says, I will heal you of that disease in your soul. That's the benefit of God. He forgives our iniquities. He heals our diseases, but then he doesn't stop there. Look at verse number 4. This goes, it just keeps going in the right direction. He says, not only that, he says, but he redeemeth thy life from destruction. He redeems your life. What is to redeem something? Well, it's to buy something back that's been sold. 
God bought us back. I want you to understand that Jesus paid a high price to buy us back from bonds of sin. Did you know that? We have been redeemed. Y'all know that old song, I'm redeemed by love divine, glory, glory. Christ is mine, Christ is mine. Do y'all sing that here, Cecil? You need to sing that next Sunday, brother. Make a note of that, okay? They don't act like they don't know it. But this morning, I want you to understand that He redeemed each of our lives from destruction. Did you know that that's where sinner people, they're headed this morning? That's where the soul, if it is not forgiven, is headed towards destruction. That it will be destroyed for eternity. That it will never actually cease to exist. But He said, you redeemed me. You bought me back from destruction. He redeemed us. And what a high price that He paid for us. He had to... He had to send his son to die on a cross. Now I've got a son, and, and this morning he was being difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. He was, if they can hear me in nursery, all those women in nursery are saying amen. He was difficult this morning. And, but that little boy, no matter what he does, that's my boy. And I have pride in him. you got pride in Judah, don't you, brother? And nobody on this earth in their right mind would give their, give their child for anybody I wouldn't trade my child for you I know that sounds harsh but I wouldn't you wouldn't trade your child for my, for me if you did you're not any kind of parent but God sent his son to die on a cross so that the price could be paid because the Bible says that sin is going to bring forth death there's no other way around it really that that iniquity that God has forgiven eventually, if that iniquity is stayed in, if you don't get out of that iniquity, if you don't forget forgiven of that, you're going to have to pay a price, and that price is death, eternal death. But Jesus died on the cross and redeemed us from that destruction. What a benefit, amen? Before, before David... He even knew anything about it before Jesus even died on the cross. David, I think this is a good illusion, looking towards Jesus Christ himself, saying that he redeemed us from a life of destruction. He goes on to say this, are you still with me this morning? If you are, say amen. And not only did he redeem our life from destruction, but, but here it, it takes a turn. And he said, who crowneth thee? With loving kindness and tender mercies. That when God saved us, that when God forgave us of our iniquities, put us on the right path, healed us of our diseases, and all those things that He did, then He then it sounds it said He crowns us. It's kind of like the cherry on top. God said, Not only did I forgive you, God said, But I'm gonna be good to you. Think about that. Is God good to you this morning? God's good to our God. God shows He He says He says that word there. He says loving kindness, that God is faithful and gracious towards us, even when we don't deserve it. Because I want you to understand that sometimes you're going to mess up. Sometimes you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall short. But even if you do, God still stands there with an outstretched arm and He is gracious to us. 
He is faithful to us. Even though sometimes we're not faithful to Him like we should be, God is still faithful to us and He still extends that hand of loving kindness toward us. And that mercy. And He says, I know you're human. I know you're going to make mistakes. He said, I know your soul is not always going to be where it should be in fellowship with me and your spirit's not always going to be where it should be. But God said, I'm just going to top it all off and I'm going to be gracious to you. It's grace that we don't deserve. It's, it's that, that loving kindness that we're not, we're not worthy of, that we've done nothing to merit it. And yet God says, I'm going to give it to you anyways. What a benefit that is. That God said that I'm going to be good to you. God says I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be faithful to you. If, if the Bible says that He was going to do something, He'll do it in spite of you. In spite of what we do, in spite of our mistakes sometimes, God is so faithful to us. And then the last thing David said, it was not the last of the chapter, but I'll close in just a few minutes. And then he goes on to say, Who satisfieth thy mouth, in verse number 5, Who satisfieth thy mouth, with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. He satisfies the mouth of what? Your soul. Kind of odd to think about, isn't it, that, that David is saying that your soul has a mouth. And that sometimes I think we close the mouth of our soul up. But David said, he says, he satisfieth the mouth of your soul with good things. I, I thought about, I, I was studying on that, and th that probably took me longer to figure out and, and study on than anything. And I thought, what good things? You can't, you, you can't really name them all. But I thought about the, the fruits of the Spirit. How many of you like fruit? I like fruit, don't you? All those fruits that, that Paul mentions in Galatians. Love, joy, peace. All these things, all those fruits, and God gives us those things. He satisfies our soul. And I thought He renews you. You know, I thought of renewal as, as a really hungry person. Now, honestly, I don't think anybody in here right now at least has been super hungry. But I guarantee I could take Ronnie Lee and bring him up here to this stage and he could tell you about some hungry people down in Haiti, couldn't he, brother? He absolutely could. And those people... They get hungry, and they appreciate what they have to eat. Brother Rudy, Brother Rudy Oaks, my pastor, said that he went to, uh, went to Haiti one time, and it may have been with Ronnie, I don't know, but he said he went down there, and, and they ended up somehow giving them, giving them cans of beanie weenies. Anybody in here like beanie weenies? Me neither. But <laughs> he said those people were so excited to get beanie weenies. I thought, that's awful. If I'm, if I'm looking at something for the cabinet, I'm skipping over that. But a hungry soul is renewed by the good things. See, when you're hungry, when, when, when you're asking God, when your soul is hungry, when your soul is thirsty, and then sometimes it, you're distraught like David gets sometimes, and you know it's within your soul, and you know you're in a dry spell or whatever the situation may be, and David says that you satisfy my mouth and then you renew me. We, uh, we went hiking the other day and, and it was hot out. It was 90 degrees. I, it's too hot right now today. 
but I get thirsty, and there's nothing like putting a cold glass of water to your mouth when you're thirsty. It just renews you like that, don't it? You know, I like Gatorade, and I like all these other drinks, but, but God gives us the good things. He give us, gives us the water of life freely, the bread of life freely, and it renews our soul. Some of you this morning, your, your soul, you may be in kind of a dry spell right now. Your soul may be getting kind of hungry. All you got to do is just open the mouth, open your mouth of your soul and say, God, renew my soul. God, fill me up with the good things. God, give me faith, give me love, give me all these things, all these good things that you said you would so that I can be renewed, so that I can serve you just a little bit longer. We get weary. We get tired. Our soul gets tired sometimes just like our body does. But David said that God will renew us. That God will lift us up. That God will give us those good things. So many benefits. And, and David stops there because he could have wrote the rest of the Bible with benefits that God gives us. But he said that God forgives our iniquities. Say praise the Lord. Bless his name right there with all that is within us. Bless His holy name. If God didn't do anything else but forgive us of our sins, I could just praise Him right now and say, Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah for that. But God piles it on and piles it on. Well, sometimes we forget it. We forget about it. We forget that God has forgiven us of our iniquities. We forget that God has healed us of our diseases. And David says this. He says, Forget not. Don't forget about what God's done for you. Done for your soul. You can lay all the material things aside for a little while and just say, God, thank you for dealing with my soul. God, thank you for saving me when I didn't deserve it. When I was unworthy, when I was on my way to everlasting destruction, God came and he saw us in our sin and didn't pass us over but said, I'll save you. All you have to do is ask. Can you just lift your hands and say, praise the Lord this morning. Put, it feels good to put your hands in there, I promise. It feels good to say, praise the Lord. Bless your name. Bless the name of the Lord. Everybody stand, bow your heads for just a moment. Lauren, come to the piano, please. Everybody bow your head. Let's pray. And I, and I would ask you in your prayer this morning to make it a prayer of thanksgiving. To make it a, a, a prayer of worship, of praise this morning. To say, God, there's so many benefits that you've given me that I don't deserve. God, there's so many things that you've given me, just starting with my soul, that I don't deserve. And God, I praise you for that this morning. Christians, just, just pray that prayer this morning and I'll pray with you in just a moment but if you're lost this morning God extends those benefits to you God says I will forgive you of your iniquities if you'll just ask me God said I'll heal your soul of it, your diseases if you'll just ask me God is willing to take all those nasty ugly terrible things that we've done and forgive them if we'll just simply believe in His Son, Jesus. If we'll just simply come with a, a heart of humility and humble ourselves before an Almighty God and say, God, I believe what You said.
He will forgive us. Let's pray this morning. If you need to come to the altar, I I implore you, please come to the altar right now. Don't put it off another moment. We'll We'll be down there with you and show you how that you can be saved. God, I love you. God, I lift you up this morning. God, I say bless your holy name for all those things that you've done. God, I come with a heart of thanksgiving. God, you know my heart. God, I praise you this morning. Thank you. Even though we stand here unworthy, we fall so short of the mark, but yet, God, you have forgiven us. God, you deal with us faithfully. God, you deal with us with loving kindness, and God, I thank you for that. God, I lift your name up this morning because your name is the only one that's worthy to be lifted up. God, no church can be lifted up. No man can be lifted up. But God, you alone deserve to be lifted up this morning. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And with all that is within me, bless His holy name. God, you are so worthy this morning. God, you're holy above anything that we can think or imagine. And yet you chose to look down on us and save us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross for my sin. God, I pray that you would touch these folks in this church this morning. God, if there's any Christians this morning that may have forgotten the benefits of the Lord, God, I just pray that you would remind them. God, that you would renew their mind with those good things, renew their soul. God, that they would know that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights in whom is no variables and is there no shadow of turning. That God, you gave these same benefits to David, you'll give them to us today. God, we worship you this morning. God, I praise you. Thank you for all that you do. Lord, have your way in the lives of these folks this morning, God, that are in the altar. God, you know the needs. God, we just pray that you would touch, Lord, that you would help and have your way in these lives. God, if anybody's lost, Lord, let this message just resonate with them. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord, would just deal with them and let them know that without you, that they're on their way to destruction. Thank you, God. Lord, we praise you, lift you up. Thank you, Lord. Just You can pray to yourself right now. Just, just thank God. Continue to thank Him. We can't take enough time to thank Him this morning. Thank you for your benefits, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.